Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. So Zeke Elliott over the football. He's going to snap it to Prescott. Prescott back to pass. Throws left. Caught by Turpin. Hit and dropped. After all that, they throw it to Turpin. Tackled at the 30. And the game is over for a second straight year. The 49ers are going to the NFC Championship game. An incredible run by the San Francisco 49ers. And we get to take a closer look at the team right now. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron on 670 The Score. And joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book from Compass Media. Of course, we got Troy Clarity. Troy, good evening. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. How's uh, things going? In nah, we're, not as ha- we're not as happy as you are, Troy. You're, you're, just, <laughs> you're so happy because you got playoff football. We know this. Well, how you guys hey, feeling? But, how- the Bear- but the Bears are the number one pick. There's got to be some hope there, right? Uh, if you're asking me which I, which I trade for, <laughs> Troy, got to be honest. We re- really That's wish fair. I was invested in some Sunday football. Got to be honest with you. That's fair. Uh, but, how, but, That's fair. but how are people feeling about the upcoming game? Uh, this Sunday in the San Francisco area? Well, they're, they're feeling pretty good about things, and rightfully so. The 49ers, the hottest team in the National Football League, a winning streak that dates back all the way back to mid-October. And you go back to, to, to when that streak began. Uh, they had just come off a loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, in which the Niners just were not complete. They were not a complete team back at that point in time. And, and, and the, they, they played the Chiefs close at Levi Stadium, but then Kansas City just found that extra gear as they are wont to do, and the Niner fan was just in an absolute panic because suddenly the team was three and four, and Jimmy Garoppolo's not doing this and that. Well, the trade had already been made for Chris McCaffrey at that point, just a couple days before, and, and C-Mac actually saw a few snaps in that game, but did not make his full-on official debut, I guess, in some sorts, until the next week down at SoFi Stadium against the L.A. Rams and blew up uh, he was run CMC, catch CMC, and throw CMC. Touchdown three ways against the Rams. And San Francisco hasn't looked back at all. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, I, was, I was driving a couple weeks ago. It was my wife's birthday. And we were driving up to a spot uh, up in Oakland uh, for, her, for her birthday dinner. We're sitting on 880. And there's a truck right in front of us. And there's some dirt on the back of the trailer. And someone had finger written into the dirt, Brock, 
Purdy. That tells you everything you need to know about who the big hero around the Bay Area is right now. A guy who probably no one even knew who he was back in mid-October. So folks are feeling pretty good about things right now. It's really intriguing the way that Kyle Shanahan has been able to to make the offense work with Brock Purdy at quarterback. I'm wondering whether it's been, you know, we've seen like a a snippet, an appetizer of, of Trey Lance in the limited time he's been healthy and available. Been plenty of Jimmy G, like you referenced, and now last couple of months here nearly of Brock Purdy. Is the offense and the way Kyle Shanahan calls it, is it very different with Brock Purdy at QB versus the other guys? Well, first things first, Big Ant, awesome to be with you. I hope you have been doing <laughs> outstandingly well, my man. Always great to, uh, great to chat with you. And what's been intriguing to see in some respects with the offense now that Brock Purdy is, is running the show, because, look, the good news is that he doesn't have to assume a whole lot of the burden that, say, a Patrick Mahomes might have to or Jalen Hurts probably has to in Philadelphia, even though certainly Jalen has, has, has a lot of the weapons around him as well. But when, when you've got guys like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, who can just do so many things, and Christian McCaffrey, who's just absolutely blown up, and Trent Williams back at left tackle, when the Niners were kind of having a little bit of a lull, they weren't necessarily very healthy on the offensive line. Trent Williams coming back and uh, solidifying things back on the left tackle, that certainly helped out a lot of things as, as, as well. Look, if you can't get right in the trenches, there isn't a whole heck of a lot you can do. You can call the greatest place known to mankind, but they can certainly blow up um, in your face. And, oh, by the way, there's that George Kittle guy. You know, I mean, look, <laughs> the, the Cowboys played a good game last week overall. Dak Prescott just made a couple of bad throws. They punted a couple times and kicked a couple times in the fourth quarter when they probably shouldn't have. And defensively, things didn't go as according to plan when they had one of their interior linemen uh, get hurt in the middle of the third quarter. After that point on, the Niners were able to run the ball with much more efficiency from there. So, and, and of course, they also forgot to account for uh, for number eighty-five. So they're just they're just so many different weapons, so many different ways that you know Kyle Shanahan can turn to. If, if he needs a key first down, if he needs, you know, a big play or, or, or anything like that, things that options that he might not necessarily have had in the middle of the year. So I, I don't necessarily think that if there are any major differences in how Kyle Shanahan has handled his play calling, it might not necessarily be because of Brock Purdy, even though I'm sure that there are some, some, you know, some, some things that, that he does that are, that are more amenable to some things that Kyle Shanahan wants to do. But it's probably a bit more of a function of, just all hands, for the most part, being on deck. A healthy offensive line, uh, Chris McCaffrey, who's you know, a bit dinged up, but then again, it's late January, who isn't? And wide receivers, who have, for the most part, uh, been ready to go. We're talking to Troy Clarity here on 670 The Score, Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. Troy, we were talking to somebody from the Eagles a little bit earlier, and he was mentioning that you know the Niners have yet to see a team with a defense uh, the way that the Eagles have. What what do you think fears what fears come up for the San Francisco 49ers when thinking about this game on Sunday? Well, I think one thing to certainly watch and look, I mean Brock Purdy is still the question mark, right? I yeah. mean even though we've still seen a lot of 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 what's likable about him and we he, kids got no fear, man. And, and and that was that was even evident Kyle Shanahan, I remember him talking about this, you know, even during OTAs 
you know, he certainly noticed that Purdy was a bit more aggressive in his decision-making, and he kind of, you know, had the theory that that came from him being a five-year starter pretty much on the collegiate level for Iowa State. He pretty much uh, knew what he wanted to do and was a, bit, a lot more uh, aggressive in his, his decision-making, even during OTAs and even during mini camps. But by and large, this is still all new to Purdy. We still don't quite know what it looks like when the ceiling drops on him or when the floor drops out from underneath him. Now, we'll say this. It's interesting because he tends to have a couple of plays very early in games where you go, uh-oh, is, is this it? Is, is, is this the game where things are finally going to start to go sideways for Purdy? But then he writes the ship, and then the next thing you know, they're scoring points in bunches. I remember when the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers came here, actually did that game uh, down at Levi Stadium. And he's, he's either the first or the second snap of the game. Purdy just got absolutely blown up. Front side blitz. No one picked him up. And he just got lit up. And all of Levi Stadium was like, uh-oh, is, is this it? Well, that ended up being a 35 nothing score before 35-7 final uh, over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, Cam Purdy, if he has a couple of those plays early on where you're kind of looking and going, "Uh uh-oh, is is this it? Can he respond and can he rebound from those early plays? Plus there's a couple of small health things as well. McCaffrey's not 100%. A couple other guys aren't 100% either. Just the normal bumps and bruises and probably more than that than guys have this time of year. So, sure, there's – and look, the Eagles are a pretty darn good team themselves too. You know, the other team's on scholarship as well. So, there there are certainly a lot of things that that the Niners are going to have you worry about on Sunday. And we look at the the 49ers defense, and certainly what they do up front is very impressive. Mm. Watch closely all the draft capital they've expended over the years, Troy, to make sure the defensive front is sound and deep. In some ways, a similar approach to what the Eagles end up deploying on their defense. When you look at the 49ers' defense, how, how do you see them measuring up to the versatility and the explosiveness that Philadelphia brings to the table on offense? Yeah, it, it all starts up front. Nick Bosa's a bad, bad man. I, if, if he's not defensive player of the year, then then they need to do the recount and kind of re- re- reassess, you know, what that award is, is, is really all about because he is an absolute game breaker and at the very least a game alterer. He altered several different throws last week against the Cowboys and at least made his presence felt to where Dak Prescott maybe had to reset in the pocket a little bit to a different position that prevented him from being able to perhaps see open Cowboys down the field or at least make accurate throws deeper downfield. So even when Bosa isn't necessarily racking up sacks or anything like that, he is still altering the game. It normally starts up front with him and Eric Armstead. Fred Warner is establishing himself as one of the better, if not one of the best middle linebackers in the game right now. Drake Greenlaw is is no slouch as well. And the secondary can be a bit hit or miss at times. Jimmy Ward, a lockdown guy. Shavarius Ward has done well. Uh, Diamador Lenore kind of seems to be a bit of the weak link, but but he's come through uh, with some uh, big-time plays uh, throughout the course of the season as well. So, you know, they're, they're, they're playmakers at just about every single position, but they're certainly going to be tested in a lot of different ways and maybe stretched out in a lot of different ways uh, against the Eagles on Sunday. It's going to be a fascinating chess match. I mean, D'Amico Ryan is, is probably going to be coming soon to a head coaching suite near you. Uh, well, maybe not near you. I mean, I don't know. Let's, let's see what happens <laughs> you know, with, with the Bears in the, in, in the near future. But, 
you know, D'Amico Ryan's an absolute wizard, a, a defensive coordinator. I cannot wait to see the chess match between the Niners' defense and the Eagles' offense, as, as multifaceted as both of those uh, sides of the ball are. Now, Troy, there are a ton of questions that I would love the answer for, specifically from you surrounding the for- San Francisco 49ers, but there's just one question that is just rises to the top, and it is, how did you end up with two different Adidas on your feet when you were <laughs> out and about? What happened oh, there? Thanks. Oh, thanks. I, I knew I was going to regret posting that. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to the gym, and I was not really thinking, and I put one shoe on, and I put the other shoe on, and you know, I head downstairs, I get in the car, I head down to the gym, and I hop out of the car, and I start walking towards the front door, and something doesn't feel quite right as I'm walking, and I look down, oh, Troy, you are the biggest moron on the face of the earth. It happens. I love it, man. One soccer shoe, one one cross-training shoe, but I, but I like, you know what it is, though, Troy? You're dedicated. You're focused. You got vi- tunnel that's vision. Right. You're looking at the that's gym, right. and that's it, right? <laughs> that's right. Small details, bah, whatever. Ah, just, just, just give me the big ideas. <laughs> and, and Troy, you've gotten to like for so many years. You know, you and I worked together at the Pac-12 Network and other spots, and so mm-hmm. you've gotten to call collegiate sports for so long, and now you've had the opportunity this past season to cover the NFL, to call a bunch of National Football League games for Compass Media. What was that experience like, making that transition to the pro game after being in so many college stadiums over the years? Boy, dream come true. Ab- absolute dream come true. You know, it's, it's something that you, you think about, you know, wow, can, could, could that be me? Could that happen? Oh, boy, it, it, it would be nice if it did. And, you know, <laughs> just an absolutely incredible experience. And the crews that I got a chance to work with, you know, I mean, people would ask me, you know, oh, were you nervous or anything like that? I'm like, no, I, I never really got nervous at all before any of those games. I got a chance to do, to do four NFL games uh, for, for Compass uh, this past fall, including that, that Niners-Rams game in which Chris McCaffrey blew, blew up. And, and that, you know, Niners haven't lost the game since I, since I called that one for them. Interesting. I just, <laughs> I, I just kind, of, kind of occurred to me. Uh, but, you know, I, I knew that. You know, with the crews around me, you know, Brian Baldinger is as good as it gets as far mm-hmm. as an analyst is concerned, as far as breaking down, down the game. I, I knew with those guys around me, why, how could I be nervous? They're not going to let me fail. You know, I don't screw it up. You know, <laughs> everything, yeah. everything, should, everything should be okay. But just, just an absolutely fantastic experience, um, you know, and, and, and just, just an, honor, an honor to be a part of. That's awesome, man. We can't wait to hear you call more games uh, in the Me future. <laughs> I know, right? Troy Clarity <laughs> uh, hanging out with us, man. We appreciate you giving us some of your time on a Friday. Fantastic stuff. You got it. Always appreciate it. Big Ant, stay safe, stay healthy, stay sane. Fellas, we'll talk to you all again soon. That's right. Appreciate you, brother. Troy Clarity, of course, from Compass Media, as Ant mentioned, play-by-play for the Pac-12, bunch of NFL games as well. I love his energy. I got to be honest. Yeah. You know, we talk to a lot of people on this station, but when you get a guy with some good energy and good vibes, I, I, I feel it through the airways, man. So thanks for bringing him on, Ant. That was awesome. And that's the thing, man. Like you know, obviously, you know, it's big news the last couple of days here in the city. A talent like Jason Benetti getting to stay with the White Sox. We're gonna still have the the pleasure of listening to him on Sox games as well as all these national broadcasts over the years. So you get that that Jason Benetti level story where guys like 
broken through all the way to the top of the industry. Then you got a guy like Troy who's been kind of plugging along. You know, he's, he's called arena football in the past. He's right. done radio. He's done TV. He's been a writer. He's done so many different things and now getting more and more opportunities in the industry. And frankly, there's only so many black play-by-plays in the industry yeah. also. And so Troy, you know, breaking through in that regard as well, now getting some national radio opportunities with the National Football League. And just a, a good dude and a good friend of mine. And like we mentioned, getting to work with him back at the Pac-12 Network. Everybody give Troy a follow on Twitter as well, at Troy Clarity, C-L-A-R-D-Y. Like Gabe mentioned there, you, you heard the energy just kind of bubbling through yeah. the line. He just loves being around sports, loves being around young people and calling the games at a really high level. Yeah, we love people like that on the show, and that's why we've got a jam-packed show for you guys, just mm. kind of talking about the NFL playoffs that are happening this weekend. Tried to give you a, a, an insight to each team's thoughts and processes. And coming up next, we got the last team that we've yet to talk about. It is the Kansas City Chiefs. And we get one of my former co-hosts. Did a BetQL thing here and there. And uh, Alex Gold, one of my guys, is going to be hanging up with us after the break. Uh, what stories can he tell you about me? Oh, I paid him not to do any of those. Uh, but we will hear some stories about the Kansas City Chiefs on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast anthony heron and gabe ramirez on 670 the score Mahomes under center, gets the snap, fakes the handoff, rolls to the near side, cocks his arm, short pass, caught by Kelsey, five, runs along the hash mark and into the end zone, touchdown Chiefs! Short pass, down the middle, Kelsey by himself with the belt high catch, spotted on the grass on the hash mark, it led him right into the end zone, and the Chiefs have taken the first lead halfway through the first quarter in this divisional game. 
Do we have to play highlights from other teams before we bring these guys on? <laughs> you know how heartbreaking it is as a Bears fan to have to listen to all the success and know it has nothing to do with your team at all? Come on, Leo. Sorry about that, guys. I'm sorry. Leo Stoddard, <laughs> our producer extraordinaire today. Break him heart. Saving the best for last, but I understand. Uh, he is uh, my good friend. We hosted a show on BetQL together. He is the host of Cody in Gold in Kansas City, 610 Sports KC. And he's joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is none other than my guy, Alex Gold. Alex, what's going on, man? Are you in a Are you in a lake house now or what? Where, where, tell me. Tell me where you're at. <laughs> What's up, man? It's good to be on with you. You know, if you want to know the truth, I am currently uh, parked in my car outside of a bar waiting to go in and have a beer. It's been a hell of a week. Uh, so, yeah, when we're done with this, man, it's my first. I've been doing a bunch of hits across the country. I, I would rather, you know, it, it wouldn't have it any other way. I'd rather be talking playoff football with you guys and, and with everybody. Uh, we're kind of spoiled in Kansas City that we've been doing this really now for five straight years talking about the Chiefs in a AFC title game and hosting one. So it's pretty pretty wild, but it's a lot of fun. Alex, is there any is there any worry over there in KC? I feel like, you know, because you guys have been so successful you know, over the last couple of years now, like sometimes I remember what that was like in the 90s with the Bulls. You just kind of expected to win. Is that where you guys are at right now, or is there some worry? Yeah, you know, so I think people expect to maybe be in the AFC title game where they're at, but not expecting that – to, to win this game per se. I think the, the confidence level has increased as the week has gone on, but fans are nervous. I mean, this is a Cincinnati team, as everybody knows by now, has beat them three straight times. And even if the margin of defeat has been so small, it's not like since he's dominated these games, it's been 27-24, 27-24, and then a three-point margin in the first game uh, going back a year and a half or so ago. So it's not it's not like Chiefs fans are like, man, can't you know truly can't beat Cincinnati, but it's also like, why is this team – so problematic and I, you know there's a bunch of answers to that I think first and foremost for me at least has been one team has closed out games in the fourth quarter because uh, the Chiefs have had double-digit leads twice they've had a single-digit lead uh, this last go around but a lead in the fourth quarter entering every single one of these three games Cincinnati's not made the mistake Cincinnati has been able to seal these games and, and Kansas City just hasn't been able to finish Kind of crazy that this is the first time that a Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs team is the underdog in a playoff game, and it's not a spot we've ever gotten to witness them in. You add in, and I'm sure it's a big factor, you know, in addition to just the, the Joe Burrow hype, but the Patrick Mahomes foot. How much are the Chiefs leaning into the, their underdog, you know, sort of mentality that's now this opportunity that they have? I think it's been more of a fan thing this week. You know, as fans certainly are enjoying the fact that they can kind of claim to be the underdog. Although as the week has gone on, the Chiefs are back to being favorites. If we're just going off of you know the Vegas line, they're they're back to favorites despite all the line movement earlier on. I, you know, Patrick Mahomes was asked about being an underdog, and his response was he never considers himself an underdog when he steps on the field, specifically at Arrowhead. Um, but in terms of you know, where, where this organization is at. You guys started the conversation talking about the, you know, the, the five straight uh, title games, and we joke that it's called the Arrowhead Invitational here in, in Kansas City. Like, all that, like, you, you know, you, uh, you, you, kind of, you kind of expect it, you know? And, and so with that, you know, it's weird to be in a spot where I think it's one of the few times, the only other one I can point to uh, in a playoff game was maybe Mahomes' first year as a starter, 2018, uh, it's Tom Brady and the Patriots coming to Arrowhead. Brady ends up winning in overtime and going to another Super Bowl. But that was the only other time where I, I think going into a playoff game where you could say, you know what, uh, their opponent's better than them. 
Um, I think it's they're neck and neck, but you can make a very strong argument that Cincinnati is better. I, you know, I, I've been talking for the last month or so here locally and on the BeckQL shows that, that gave reference and about uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, to me, were the best team in the AFC going into the postseason. Um, and we saw what they just did to, to Buffalo. And I, I, so I, I have no problem, or I had no problem, when Cincinnati was listed as favorites for part of this week. Yeah, no problem with that at all. You guys need something to kind of get your spirits up over there. We're talking to Alex Gold from 610 Sports Kansas City, host of Coldy and Gold, uh, and also does some stuff on the BeckQL Network as well. Alex, um, speaking of BeckQL, you mentioned the line movement and stuff like that. I know you got some player props up your sleeve. I know you, and I know you <laughs> have some player props. So help help my help, help the Chicago audience win some money. What's a, what's a nice player prop you like uh, for the game on Sunday? Yeah, let's attack a couple. First of all, let's take a look at, at the running back situation. Uh, you know, I think Isaiah Pacheco, last check, around 48.5 rushing yards is where his over-under is set for this game. And I think that's too low, guys. I mean, he's got over that number about 11 or 12 times this year. He ran for over 60 in the first matchup against Sensi. Uh, and to me, he's the guy that can help you close out a football game with his running style, his energy level. And you know, I don't know how much more – because of the ankle injury, they're fully going to rely on the run. I think they should do it more, but I, I don't necessarily believe Andy Reid's ever going to uh, run the football a bunch more than normal. That's just not his style. It just never has been. I've kind of come to grips with that. But in the fourth quarter, maybe they're willing to do it a little bit more. So I think Isaiah Pacheco's rushing total is too low. I think he can get you well over the 48. Uh, and then I also like an anytime touchdown for, for Kadarius Toney, uh, who you know, his, his receiving total is only in the 30s. So I don't, I don't like to mess with the yardage for him because I don't necessarily think he's going for, you know, five catches for 70 yards or anything. Um, but I think at any time touchdown, about plus 240, uh, jet sweeps all day. Like, I, I think you're going to see multiple jet sweeps with Kadarius Tony to test uh, the speed of Cincinnati's defense on the edge. And I don't believe they've faced a player kind of with his skill set in terms of how shifty he is uh, this season because he did not play in the game when they faced each other in week 13. So those are two that I really like. On the whole, you know, when you got the, the over-under at 47.5 for the game, it looks like right now, do the playoffs tend to favor either direction, especially in a matchup like this where you got two top-flight quarterbacks with all the headlines going into it? Do folks tend to favor the over or the under in a matchup like this? Yeah, so, I mean, between these teams in general, I mean, based off of where we know the last two scores have been, I mean, it's gone over what that number is set, right? I mean, 27-24 in the last two matchups, and so these two quarterbacks have, have got you your, your over if you're just looking at it from that perspective. You know, the weather's not going to be uh, a huge factor in terms of precipitation like we saw in Buffalo where, you know, we, we, we know it was snowing in the middle of the game. I think it, it impacted Buffalo's ability to get after Joe Burrow. Uh, it's going to be cold. All right, it's January football. Windshield will be about eight degrees once you get to the second half, but it's not going to snow. There's a chance that maybe it's 15 mile per hour wind. Um, so I, I don't know how big of a factor the the, the weather is going to be. My my thought on the total, the reason why I think it, it lends itself towards the over is not only these two quarterbacks, um, but the game script for this football game on Sunday. I don't think it's going to be you know a blowout either way. I think it's going to be another really close contest between two teams, and so I don't think either team is taking their foot off the gas or anything like that to where I think we'll see some fourth down attempts. I don't think either team's going to give up an opportunity on a, on a fourth and two, you know, on the plus side of the ball, on the plus side of the field, I should say, and, and punt it like we've seen some other coaches do. Not when you got Burrow, not when you have Mahomes, even if he has this high ankle sprain heading into the game. We're talking to Alec Gold here on 670 Scores, Gabe and Ant. Um, you know, you're talking about Patrick Mahomes, and obviously he's dealing with his ankle issue, but – 
this year has been exceptional for Patrick Mahomes, even for a Patrick Mahomes-type quarterback. I mean, what what is something that you see maybe that's been different with Pat this year and how he's how he's tackled this the season was it is it distribution of the football I mean obviously no Tyreek Hill like like what what have you seen personally from him that kind of makes this season somewhat stand out uh, compared to the others you know Gabe I, I think it ties in perfectly to this opponent because let's go back to the AFC title game last year and we know what Cincinnati tried to do and it did it well right in the second half it was the worst second half in half of football and Mahomes's NFL career and maybe one of the worst halves of his entire NFL or uh, football career period, I should say. And that was, you know, just only rushing three, dropping back in coverage, making him take the underneath stuff. He wasn't really ready to do that. And I didn't think they were deep enough at wide receiver last year to do so. We all know Tyreek Hill uh, is incredible and had a great year down in Miami. That's not taking anything away from him. But I think the adjustment we saw offensively that led them to actually being the number one offense in football, even without Tyreek Hill, was all right, we're going to spread this ball around a lot more. We know Travis Kelsey is essentially a number one wide receiver. He's a future Hall of Famer. But we think, you know, looking at the depth chart, right, all right we're going to be deeper. Uh, and I think they executed that to perfection. Mahomes adjusted his playing style a little bit, willing to, to take what's underneath a little bit more, but also distribute the ball. I mean, in, in one particular week, it might be Juju as the guy. Uh, we know Kelsey's always there. And then, you know, occasionally it might be someone like Justin Watson coming up with a big catch or so. Jarek McKinnon came on strong in the passing game out of the backfield for them uh, for about a six-week, seven-week stretch or so heading into the postseason. So I think he's gotten more patient, willing to, to take what's there. I mean, they haven't had the huge uh, deep play that goes for 70 yards, but if you look it up, big play passes over 25. still were top five, top three in football this year. So it, it's not the same as, hey, throw a 10-yard pass and Tyreek Hill's going to take it 70 yards. That doesn't exist anymore for them, uh, unless you believe Kadarius Tony might end up being that for them. Otherwise, it's just kind of slowly work your way down the field, but they, they still are able to, to get a little bit of yard after the catch with you know Travis Kelsey, who seems to just be slippery, even if he's getting up there in age. It's for whatever reason, teams uh, continue to, to struggle with him, and he's kind of just been a, a freak in the postseason throughout his entire career. It's a really banged up Cincinnati offensive line that still just managed to control that game throughout last week is there an advantage when the Chiefs defense takes the field is there any advantage you see that they can try to exploit against the Bengals so there should be but this is the number one concern I think the number one deciding factor in this game we can talk about the ankle Mahomes all we want and this Chiefs offense I think it's what you're bringing up right there and it is this Chiefs defensive front and are they able to take advantage finally of an offensive line that's missing three starters as you said Buffalo did not do that last week Kansas City has really struggled in this 3-0 and stretch for Cincy uh, against them to get pressure on Joe Burrow and to get sacks. They got one sack in Week 13, but you go back and watch that game, essentially was a play where Burrow gave himself up, uh, and so it was kind of a gimme sack. Last year in the AFC title game, all they probably needed was one sack, one big play from Chris Jones or somebody else. They couldn't get it. Uh, and so to me, if, if you look at the scenario on Sunday night, it's Arrowhead, it's AFC title game, three offensive starters on the line are out you got Chris Jones, you got a defense that is number two in sacks. If you cannot get to Burrow and actually get sacks this go-around, then, then when's it going to happen? I mean, there's no excuse, frankly. There's no excuse that, that they cannot do it this go-around. And to me, they're going to have to. They cannot win this football game against Cincinnati if Joe Burrow uh, is just carving them up, sitting back there like he was with the soft zone coverage back in Week 13. Chris Jones, Frank Clark, George Karloftis, that group of guys up front, have got to make life miserable for Joe Burrow. 
And what's funny is that the Buffalo Bills thought that very same thing. Like, we need to get after the quarterback, and and we see what that happens. Now, I know you think the Chiefs are going to win. And before we let you go back to your your, your bar, um, (laughs) who are the Chiefs going to be playing in the Super Bowl? You know, so who I think they're going to be playing Philadelphia if if, if they win. Uh, I would prefer, and I think Chiefs fans prefer San Francisco <laughs> for a couple reasons, right? Because one, they played each other earlier this year, and San Francisco gave up forty four points to Kansas City. The last loss for the Niners, I believe, was to Kansas City, and that was the first game for Christian McCaffrey. So the Chiefs got fortunate that they weren't dealing with the full arsenal there. That was Jimmy Garoppolo as the starter. Um, but I'll still look at a Super Bowl where you tell me the third-string quarterback is starting, even if he's played great, like Brock Purdy has, versus Jalen Hurts, who is probably going to finish second uh, in MVP voting this year. So it's, it's pretty simple for me on, on that matchup. I already looked at the look-ahead lines that are out there at you know BetMGM or FanDuel or wherever, and the Chiefs would be about a one-point favorite, it looks like, on a look-ahead line against San Francisco. I love it, man. Alex, I appreciate you, brother. Make sure you take a shot with your first beer, though, just so you can get right to the level. Look, you know? I, okay. I, I, haven't even, I haven't even stepped foot in, inside the bar yet. That's so, yeah, I, trust me, I, it's been a long week. <laughs> I, I'm ready for, uh, ready for a couple beers. I love it, man. Hey, have a great weekend. Enjoy your Sunday. I'm sure you guys are going to win. I'll be cheering for your team. And uh, it's great talking to you, brother. Great talking to you. All right. Thanks, guys. Of course. Alex Gold, host of Cody and Gold. And that betting show on 610 Sports Kansas City, good friend of mine. I brought up the joke uh, at the very beginning because we would be doing these shows, um, Beck Hewitt, on Saturdays, and he would always be at a lake house. Uh, and he's like, yeah, with, okay. the guy, with the guys right now, we're at the lake house, so I'm kind of <laughs> faded right now, but I, I can get through yeah. this show. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, damn, bro, you're having the best summer ever. This is crazy. Getting it uh, in. But he's a, he's a really good dude, man. Alex Gold, make sure you guys, like you mentioned, just about Troy, man, go follow him at Alex Gold. Local guy, Kansas, like bleeds Kansas, everything, huge okay. Kansas Jayhawk fan. That's where he went to school. So he's all about the Chiefs. Uh, I would just give him a ton of crap. I'd always be like, oh, it must be nice. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> you don't really got to worry about it. You have no, like, nothing. You just win and you, and you feel good. And and I had to hate it even more because I was representing Chicago. So whenever we'd be talking about the Bears, I'd be like, I don't want to talk about the Bears with you and Patrick Mahomes. I don't want to do this, but Well, maybe it's it's aspirational. You know, like like Leo playing the, the highlights coming into the segment. Something aspirational <laughs> yeah. about it. You say, you know what? Now the Bears can aspire towards these squads we're talking about this weekend. Yeah. We did a good job covering everybody. I think if, you know, if you were I mean, on the hey, fence man, from the rooter to the tutor. Right? If you were on the fence about this weekend's games, I mean, we just literally gave you insight from people that are in these locker rooms that are that are following these teams day in yep. and day out. And now you should have a better idea of who you think is going to win. Who do we think is going to win these games on Sunday? Uh, well, 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 we'll finally give you our picks. Leo, you think of yours too. We'll pick your brain also, all right? It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. We'll give you our final NFL weekend predictions after the break. It's, it's 670 to score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. 
Hey. Now, our producer, Leo, I told him, I said, play something, play some music like some Friday night music on this last break. This is what he came up with for you, Anthony Heron. You know, do you even know what song this is, Leo? You're too young. Bust the move. Uh. You want it. Yeah. And you just got a little bit of a delay. So, yeah, I know. Because I, I, know, I just want people to know that like you're typically on beat. You know, I, I mean? do have some rhythm. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you it's, got it's, rhythm. You know, it I'm, don't sound like it right now. Right, when I'm on remote, <laughs> yeah, it's a little different. That's why I'm, I'm hesitant. I'm more hesitant yeah. to sing with the music when I'm working remotely versus when I'm in there in the studio. You know what I always I always think about. It's funny that you're, you're we're talking about this right now because I, I think about when I watch news anchors or not news news reporters I should say that are on assignment somewhere on the street mm-hmm. and there's always that awkward extremely awkward four second pause <laughs> that we all know exists because there's right. like a delay there right. and I always thought to myself like man if I was a veteran I would just start talking over people <laughs> you know like I would anticipate them closing. And be like, well, we're gonna be it. Hey, everybody! And then you, you just anticipate it because I feel like over after a while you figure that out. But maybe that's just the numbers guy inside of me that's trying to do some algebra problem and be like, mm, I'm not gonna look like an idiot because don't they look stupid? It's like a four, four or five second delay often. And then, well, then, especially if they're like way overseas somewhere, oh you know, God. like it's one thing if they're just down the street with a yeah. sat truck, but it's another thing if you're on the other side of the globe and you're waiting for the signal to ping yeah. off the satellite somewhere oh and it's pinging down to where you're at on the other side of planet Earth. You know, they're they're over in Australia in the outback somewhere like we were talking about earlier. It's a different deal. And then they have, and then they have, then they make the 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 mistake too often where they then ask like stupid follow up questions. It's like, mm-hmm. dude. He can't hear you. Move on. Why are you like, Tim, 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 one more question, Tim. Uh, Uh So out there when you're looking and you're like, and he's like, bye, everybody. See you later. (laughs) Like, Wait, you go. You're like, guys, just start talking four seconds ahead of time. and You never have to have that issue. Uh, We don't have that issue at all here on 670. The score It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, wrapping up your Friday night right now. Uh, And we've had, I mean, what a show. I don't even think we understood how how great of a show we had today um, with talking to reporters from, you know, the NFL, Cincinnati, Philly, San Francisco, Kansas City. And now, after listening to all that, we get the opportunity to go ahead and make our predictions for this weekend's game. So let's start with the Niners and the Eagles. Eagles favored by two and a half in this one, over-under sitting at 46 and a half. Let's go to Leo first. Leo, who you got winning this game? And what do you think about the over-under? Well, I think winning this game, I mean, we've kind of heard a lot about it where you got the 49ers with their third string quarterback versus Jalen Hurts, MVP candidate. Going to go with the Eagles there also just for the fact that I want to see some crazy celebration videos from Philly. I think Philly fans are going to go nuts if they win. So I'll see that. And then what's the over under at? 46 and a half. I'll take that. I'll go over with that. Over on that one? Yeah. All right. Here's the thing, guys. There's one thing I've learned from gambling. It's that whatever you think is going to happen usually doesn't. If it does, then we'd all be rich. And that's not the case, right? It seems obvious in this one, or you would think it's obvious to envision a Philadelphia Eagle victory because that's what's supposed to happen. But Vegas would lose a lot of money if that were the case. So I am only only because I lose a lot of money in gambling am I going with the San Francisco 49ers because sometimes you got to fade yourself. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you think you know what you're talking about, but you got to be like, that guy doesn't know a thing at all. 
and you got to fade yourself. So I'm going San Francisco 49ers. And oddly enough, I'm no, I'm going to take the under. 46 and a half is again, I'm I'm just going off of my experience of losing money on these apps. 46 and a half is a trap number, Anthony Heron. It is a number that you look at and you say, oh, 46, mm. easy, over. And that's exactly what Vegas wants you to do. And you know what the total is going to be? 46 exactly. Mark my words. Because no one's stupid enough to bet the under thinking that there's going to be 40, 42 points in this game. But it's going to be 46. It's going to be that kind of a game. And so, you know, bet wisely and, and bet with Vegas is what I'm trying to tell you. And what do you think about this game in particular? Man. I, I feel exactly what you're saying. I do because, you know, San Francisco, they got good momentum. What ends up making me pause uh, about the 49ers, aside from just the, the immense challenge of being on the road in Philly and the Eagles defense and their versatile offense and everything else, but then you also have this rookie at quarterback. You, you haven't had a rookie uh, advance to the Super Bowl as a QB, win the Super Bowl as a QB. Brock Purdy is in position to get them to that stage. But I watched this dude in college, man. I mean, you know, and this isn't – well, I got to be real. It, part of it might be, you know, my, my Hawkeye, you know, kind of fandom, my, my Hawkeye <laughs> heart. I, I'm trying not to just be anti-cyclone here. That being said, though, I watched him. He Early in his Iowa State career, Brock Purdy was a guy who the, the Cyclone fans, Iowa State fans thought he wasn't even going to finish his career at Iowa State. He was going to go to the NFL early. So I do think there's a there's a storyline about Brock Purdy that's painted as, as kind of this overachiever who was exceptional his entire college career, but just because he doesn't have the measurables, that's the only reason he was Mr. Irrelevant. He was Mr. Irrelevant because he really didn't play that well closing out his college career. Like, he accumulated a lot of numbers, but where kind of that freshman-sophomore year time frame, he was kind of this this meteoric sort of riser in the last couple of years with all these expectations on him, that was when his game fell off, and especially against the best defenses, against great pass rushes, against tight coverage in the secondary, and when the expectations were there for Brock Purdy, that's when things fell apart on him. So, you know, I, I think you got a, a little bit of a, a Cinderella deal with the glass slipper, does it still fit, all that kind of stuff is going to kind of come together here on the road, hostile environment against the great Eagles defense, that to me is where we're going to see a version of Brock Purdy that's going to put Kyle Shanahan in a position where he's behind the chains, he's going to have to ask Brock Purdy to make some throws. I'm going to believe it when I see it. Give me the Eagles defense over that 49ers. As versatile as that offense is, Eagles got playmakers everywhere on D. So that to me is the huge advantage for Philadelphia in this game. Give me the Eagles with the two and a half there. I'm taking the I'm taking Philly in that one. I like it. Before we move on to the other game, Ant, just talk to me a little bit quickly about um, flying across country, right? You hear that a mm-hmm. lot from teams and how it affects mm-hmm. them and such. And so do, do you feel like that will have any kind of effect whatsoever? Or you think these guys are going to be on a different planet ready for this game? You know what, man? It's, it's, it is noteworthy, but that that aspect of it where, you know, the game is going to be, it's going to be what, a, you know, a three Eastern game, so that's noon Pacific. You know, they're, they're, it's not like it's going to be like a, a noon Eastern game where their body clocks are going to be on like a 9 a.m. Pacific right. type of vibe. So I think they should be fine from that perspective because at least with it being conference championship weekend, game's going to be a couple hours later than even the early window normally would be. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things that's worthy of consideration, but I don't think it's going to be a big deal because it's conference championship weekend and, and the game's that much later. I like it. Um, all right, let's go to the other side, go to the AFC Cincinnati.
going down to Burrowhead to try to get themselves a victory against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Our producer, Leo Stoddaher. All right, who you got in this game? I'm going to go with KC here. I feel like, you know, it's their home game and their stadium. They lost to the Bengals there last year. There's a little bit of that bulletin board material and that, uh, you know, you can't sleep on Patrick Mahomes too much in playoffs, even if he's not at 100%. All right, what do you think about the over-under sitting at 48? I'll go with the, the over on that one, too. I'm liking the overs this weekend. Let's ride high. Man, like, literally, Vegas looks at Leo Stoddard and is like, yes, come back <laughs> all I'm that money. For that. Let's go. Look, he got the Eagles in the over and the Chiefs in the over. That's what everybody in the world thinks. And everybody, they're, they're, Vegas is not going to allow everybody to win, <laughs> to win money. That's not what they're going to allow people to do. But I, I, the thing is this. I agree with you, right? Like, right. I, I think that is the play. However... However, however, you've lost a lot of money, so you know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think, I think that when a team has your number, it's it's one thing to beat them twice, right? Because because that's hard in itself. The the other team feels lost. They're trying to play harder the second go around. But to do it three times, the level of confidence that exists there is like. Everyone is wrong about the Kansas City. Not me. I'm not saying that. That's what, the, that's what Bengals fans and the Bengals team are saying. Everyone is wrong about this Kansas City team. We are better than them, and no one else can see that. So I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals in this one. I like the Chiefs, but I think they're like, uh, yeah, I don't want to talk trash about them because they're great, but I just think Cincinnati is a team that wants it more, and I think that they're where I thought they'd have a Super Bowl hangover. I think they're going to come through in this one, and I think – just like the last game, I think it's going to go – no, this one's going to go over for sure. I think this okay. it has to. Yeah. This is like right. – there's two right. teams, two offensive juggernauts right here. Uh, but that's my take. And what do you think about this game? It, it definitely feels that way. It feels like a game that's going to hit the over, and I know everybody's probably hammering the over, uh, but it's, it's hard to imagine it won't go that route. And with with the two quarterbacks, you know, I we, we had Lindsey Rhodes on earlier in the show. We both completely agreed with – what she was talking about, that it feels like the the notion that Joe Burrow is already a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes feels laughable Ridiculous. right now. now. Talk to me a couple of years from now after he's accumulated more individual accolades, after he's actually got a Super Bowl ring, multiple trips, you know, deep into the postseason, that sort of thing. But just one versus one individual matchup, I think it's way too soon to start saying that he's the best quarterback in football. Let's watch it play out a little bit longer. I mean, even with the regular season, you know, you compare the two dudes in the regular season. Like, yes, postseason accolades, they, they matter a lot. But, you know, he, he's just – He's amongst the upper echelon regular season QBs. And then, yes, now you got a second season in a row with him getting it done in the postseason. But we've been watching Patrick Mahomes advance to at least the AFC title game every year he's been a starter. That's so in insane. Multiple Super Bowl <laughs> trips. Like, let's just let, let's allow Joe Burrow to accumulate more of a body of work first. However, mm. This is definitely however, a oh, I didn't where, know, he, where he's I didn't know got there was going to be a however end. Wow. <laughs> he's got the opportunity to make that happen this weekend. I, I'm going to say, though, the Chiefs are rarely in a position where where they can say we're the ones being discounted, where mm. we're the ones being doubted. You take that intangible edge into a home atmosphere at Arrowhead, the home, uh, anybody who's been there who knows how it goes during the anthem, where as opposed to the home of the brave, everybody says it's the home of the Chiefs. And it, it's one of these rare N- NFL atmospheres that does feel like you're at a college 
football game. It's a really rabid environment they have there. You got a hobbled Patrick Mahomes. You got Chris Jones in the Bart Scott mode addressing the media just like Clubber Lang style, just feeling like <laughs> everything is against him and just got that dog that seems like it's about to come out. Give me the Chiefs in this game, man. I like it. And you know what? B- before we like put a bow on this whole thing, you know, when looking at the Chiefs, I asked Alex Gold this and I kind of talked to Lindsay about it as well. Let me just go, let me just quickly go through the their last series of games for the Kansas City Chiefs. Jacksonville, Las Vegas, Denver, Seattle, Houston, Denver. That was that stretch of wins that they've had. The six game winning streak the Kansas City has. Those are not good teams. All right. Mm-hmm. The, the very game after that second or before that second Denver one was against Cincinnati, and that's the one they lost. So going up against a formidable opponent there. At, before that, Rams. Chargers, who are good. Jacksonville, Tennessee. I mean, that's tough. I mean, because you're really not you, – you, 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 your knife's not sharpened as much as you would like it to heading into this game against Cincinnati. That's the only thing I'm worried about. Okay. But you know what? Kansas City, it's going to be a great game. Let's just be real. Yeah. I'm going to be glued to the TV on Sunday. All right. Uh, we are about to get up out of here. Want to go ahead and thank all of our guests for today. And we had a lot of them. Darnell Mayberry, who <laughs> jumped on to talk about the Bulls. Lindsey Reynolds, or excuse me, Lindsey Rhodes, Josh Tolentino, Troy Clarity, and of course, Alex Gold. A big thank you to each and every one of you that helped out in today's show. Got to thank, uh, probably the, the biggest thank you for today, Leo Stoddard, doing a great job getting the guests, getting him on the phone, playing the good audio. Appreciate you, brother. Hopefully you have a great weekend. And then, of course, Anthony Heron, man. Great show today. Gabriel. My pleasure, my friend. I'm, I'm gonna have to holler at you. What about a week from now, whatever, man? I'm be I'm be out for you might a little be, while. But hey, it's hey, always fun. Hey, you might be hollering at me at me before that with some other stuff. All right, uh, but all oh, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're about to get up out of here. Me and definitely my feel you on that. <laughs> Until next time, hasta la próxima. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron, and this is Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. <laughs> Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.